0: Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Ellen. Before we get into today's podcast, I'd like to remind listeners that Cannabis Health Radio is supported by our listeners. Corey and I would encourage you to go to the donate page on our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and make a pledge. You can make a one-time donation or you can become a monthly supporter for as little as $3 a month, the price of a cup of coffee. And we thank you for your support. It is estimated by the World Health Organization that close to 800,000 people worldwide will die of cancer each year. And while both men and women can develop liver cancer, it most certainly affects men. Unfortunately, liver cancer is often deadly, with 15% of those with the disease having a five-year survival rate. One man who had liver cancer and successfully used cannabis to deal with it is Steve Taylor who joins us from his home in Perth, Australia. Steve, good to talk to you. Uh,
1: good to be here Ian, thank you.
0: Yeah, and you don't have an Australian accent because you were born in Australia but raised in Victoria, British Columbia, do I have that right?
1: That's correct. I was I was born here but as a child moved back to uh, Canada where I grew up and and learned to speak basically, and went to school.
0: Steve, what were some of the symptoms you were experiencing that led you to go to a doctor?
1: For me, it was really just uh, like a, a pressing against the ribs and a continual upset stomach, and that which then led into um, lack of energy and um, anemic uh, blood. So I would bleed. Uh, and not, uh, and not caught that well. So I, I felt that, uh, um, I needed to get in and see a doctor. But, um, unfortunately, um, I didn't have a lot of success in getting an early diagnosis because, um, uh, the doctors were quite busy and uh, were more intent on sort of looking at the current fads like gluten intolerance and, um, irritable bowel syndrome and such. Um, it wasn't until November that I got a cleared um, um, exam and the doctor actually read my notes and she then sent me to hospital and um, came up with the official HCC uh, diagnosis.
0: No, HCC is is exactly what? It's a uh, hepto, um, heptocellular carcinoma. carcinoma
1: sonoma thank you right
0: yeah that's the most common uh uh, form of liver cancer from what i understand which makes up 75 percent of all liver cases how long were you experiencing these symptoms before they finally diagnosed you with liver cancer Uh, i would say close to a year close to a year what happened uh once you got your diagnosis
1: well, as I said, there was a series of sort of um, male doctors that were quite busy and um, quite important. So we fortunately I um, went in to see one in November because it was getting so bad I felt I needed to, to deal with it. And uh, my doctor was ill, and a, a female doctor was there. She um, did a, did the echo test, read the notes, and immediately saw a need for. Um, um, scans and, and hospitalization. So she had me diagnosed within three days of the HCC. And they, they really turned a blind eye to the cirrhosis and uh, the hepatitis, which I asked them to check. So there was a, a, you know, a, a period of time there where there was a lot of frustration um, trying to get sorted out what was going on.
0: So besides the cancer, you had sclerosis of the liver and hepatitis as well? Uh, that's
1: correct. I believe the uh, the uh, hepatitis came back because in, in Canada, I had a liver biopsy for the cirrhosis, which they said at that point was very serious, and they said to basically write a will and um but then uh, through um lots of cannabis and a lifestyle change and healthy diet. The UBC blood tests came back, and the liver specialists cleared me of all hepatitis. I, at that point, I was looking at A, B, and C, and they all came back negative at that time, mm-hmm. uh, as well as um, the, the liver had regenerated, regrown and re, uh, regenerated. So it, it was sort of like a bit of a miracle. They were we must uh, explain this. We don't understand. They had a form called special cases must be explained. Um, at that point, I, I was just sort of waltzed out of the hospital on a cloud of air thinking that, uh, you know, I was saved and, and did so for 20 years until I stopped um, cannabis when I came to Australia because it was illegal.
0: Yeah, before we jump ahead, you left Australia and came to Canada. And But before we get to that, I want to ask you, what did the doctors tell you in Australia about your prognosis and the fact that you had liver cancer? Did they indicate any possibility that you would be a candidate for a liver transplant? That was
1: my biggest goal. I, as soon as I found out about the HCC, I pushed hard for the transplant. But uh, the, um, at that point, the, scan, the MRI came back and it revealed um several tumors one very large one and according to the Milan criteria which is an international criteria for transplant i was just sort of outside the um standard for for the uh, transplant so there was there was no hope i actually then immediately jumped on a plane went to canada to see if i could uh, cuz i have healthcare in canada and wasn't able to uh get a transplant there either. So that was one of the big things where I really pushed towards shrinking those tumors and uh, hitting it hard with the, um, the protocol of uh, CO.
2: So when you got that diagnosis, what was the uh, prognosis? What did they say to you?
1: They sat me down and said, you must understand you will not live three months. Um, it's our duty of care to make you understand you will not live three months. And that was why. When was that, Steve? Uh, Yes, that would have been about Christmas time. Uh, Basically, about early January would have been the meeting with the specialist, the oncologist. So it's been a little longer
2: uh, than three months.
1: uh, Yeah, now it's (laughs) been almost a year. So, so, I mean, that's a miracle in itself because uh, after about, I then went hard on the protocol and then they reassessed and said, uh, your bloods have stabilized. Because at first they didn't offer any chemo. They they said it would kill me. I thought that was fairly um, ethical of them. Because they said, look, uh, the chemo will kill you. Kill you. So yeah. uh, here's a bottle of morphine and uh, we can't help you. And then after about four or five months, they're like, hey, hang on, you're still around. Did more tests and at that point wanted to offer me chemo. At that point, I decided that I was satisfied with the way things were going, and and not to um, you know, not to mess with a good thing, which was obviously showing results, and that was um, the um, the cannabis that was killing the cancer and keeping me alive.
0: Steve, what goes through your mind when the doctors tell you you've got three months to live?
1: Oh, that uh, was this is the hardest one of the hardest things for me is the whole trip to the doctor. It's what goes through my mind is is a numbing it's it's a almost a mocking of them because I think they're foolish I basically um my role has been to take what they say and do the opposite and it's been working pretty well, but that's a dangerous game because they are very intelligent, so I use their information as a guideline but don't don't use their chemicals or their conventional um Treatments. My, my mind went numb. I, I sort of lost it. And it was really a week before I recovered from that. It was like, I mean, to use the cliche of the death mask, it was like that it was painted on and I couldn't get out of there as quick as possible. I just wanted to run away and deal with it myself. And, but he was insistent that he had to go through this part of the procedure. It was his duty of care. That I fully understood and I had to I had to admit to him that I understood that he was saying I would be dead in three months. But I also said to him, I don't believe it. I will be back. I will be here for my Christmas card. And he laughed and said, I hope so. Well, I'm on my way to pick it up here in a few days.
0: Do you have medical cannabis uh, laws in Australia? Is it, is it allowed there?
1: that time, it was very illegal, and I was also sort of uh, had many police clients and was working um, as a security manager, sort of state manager for the, you know, protecting the liquor stores and stuff, so I had to be very careful. As well, um, they, they'd been known here to come into the home and, and um, you know, um, remove children and stuff, so my wife and I have firmly agreed that we would go zero tolerance in the home, As as a precaution. Now, um, things are just changing um, this month. You know, I sort of remember back in April, there were sort of rumors that maybe, you know, because I was in touch with the Minister of Health and they were going to put me on the first trials and they said maybe 2017. But, you know, I'm thinking, how am I going to make it till then? Well, here we are. And the the laws are finally starting to change because of this great movement of people that won't, won't take no for an answer and have to help themselves.
0: So you were looking for cannabis. How did you know that cannabis would be possibly helpful in your situation?
1: Well, I basically have known all along. I've always called it my medicine. And uh, yeah, I was a grower in Canada for years and sort of uh, supplied to Compassion Society and uh, lived with uh, a woman who suffered from MS and used cannabis to to aid in her um, um, treatment. I've always uh, believed that um, there are miracle properties in, in that we just don't understand, but that can't be denied and that um, there's no substitute for nature. And also, I had this living proof of the cirrhosis and the example of um, um, 1995.
0: So you decided you, you were going to come to Canada. Tell us that story.
1: Okay, well, at that point, um I decided that I would come and do an intensive three-month protocol in Canada. So I basically arrived back in, in Victoria. At this point, I'd been in touch with Corey as well, and I knew uh, after talking with Corey that she was a lady that could – basically give me more information, more experience and more insight into my journey than anybody I' had spoken to or met thus far. So I was very excited with trying to meet with her and learn more. I, I just knew that I had to continue in this journey. So arrived in Canada, um, loaded up and basically um, consumed between three and three and four grams a day of um high thc cannabis oil
2: well you were steve you were at that stage stage four were you not stage four cancer liver cancer when you got here oh
1: yes i was yeah so you had nothing to
2: lose but your life
1: that's correct Mm -hmm. yeah i i was past my due date at that time so past your due date (laughs) <laughs> I, like yeah. that. I hadn't expired yet, though. Still on the shelf.
2: <laughs> well, I remember getting that instant message from you saying, let's go for coffee. And I'm like, look, I'm really busy, blah, blah, blah. Right? And then, then finding out that you've come all the way from Aussie. And I thought, oh, okay, let's go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I felt so bad. And I know you're such a busy woman. But that is a testimony to just how beautiful you are and how beautiful the people are that I've met in this journey. Everybody that's involved in this movement are just the best people on the planet. They're just so loving and so wonderful. It can't be wrong when it feels so right, just to use the cliche. Mm-hmm.
0: So, Steve, you're three to four grams a day. Uh, you must have been pretty wasted. Not even buzzed.
1: <laughs> Seriously? Not even buzzed, yeah. My tolerance was way up. And, you know, like I said, uh, I have this um, best friend of mine, um, who I, as far as I'm aware of, dogs aren't um, prosecuting, but he, um, my best friend, Hemp Dog, was able to cook quite a few, uh, a couple of pounds plus um, before, um, and, and he did that to sort of build up his tolerance. So I I, I sort of followed Hemp Dog's example, if you um, follow my meaning, and Hemp Dog was initially at the time, so.
0: I can't believe you took that much. (laughs) It did. It didn't make you um, at least sleepy.
1: At times, I would have a good nap. Yeah, (laughs) good nap.
2: Are you sure it wasn't a few days long?
1: (laughs) I'm pretty sure. I was at my son's, so uh, you know there was a lot going on while I was there. I was more. My big focus was to be with my son, spend time with him, and he and he was. Such a great strength in, in, in helping me through through this and my number one supporter in, in cannabis and healing.
0: Steve, when so, you start I mean, sorry, when you started taking your three to four grams a day, was there a point where you kind of sensed intuitively that you knew it was working?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I could totally sort of feel all the time that um, that I was moving towards um, wellness. I guess this would be the way to say it. I just sort of would feel better. I could, um, you know, my my brain would come back online. My my um my would be down. My my appetite would be up. Um, you know, I'd be driving. I'd be doing all sorts of things. You know, that were no were weren't really possibilities beforehand. That well, you know, were difficult.
2: So you're here in Victoria, and you're slamming back these three and four grams a day. When mm-hmm. when did you officially get, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, confirmation that you were indeed headed in the right direction?
1: Um, well, I did get an ultrasound there um, while I was there, and it came back saying only cirrhosis. I so remember I really- that. Do you remember that? Yes. Oh, got, so
2: th- I'm trying to remember the timeline, though. Steve, wasn't I want to say five weeks? Was it five weeks on oil when you cleared this, or was it more like um, two, two months? Or
1: no, I'm going to say five to that's six what, weeks. Yeah, that's yeah, a-
2: that's what I thought. So from stage four liver mm-hmm. cancer to cancer-free in five weeks. That's correct.
0: That's yeah.
1: pretty admirable.
0: <laughs> Just saying, <laughs> Steve. Absolutely. When you got the all clear, uh, did you celebrate?
1: I did and to it wasn't one of my greatest moments. I took my son go-karting and um, being a bit of a competitor, I ended up wiping out my go-kart and breaking quite a few ribs um, right over the liver so so that I mean there's a funny story there because it, you know they'd given me 3 months to live at that point but they gave me um 4 months to heal so so that was a good sign in itself. I joked. I joked to the doctor saying, "Perhaps you know um, this is the cure. I just wait. You know, two and a half months, break a few more ribs, and I get four more months." Um. You know, I didn't think they really saw the humor in that.
0: Did the doctors here in Canada know that you had stage four liver cancer when you when you got here? Um.
1: Yes, he did, but he didn't believe it. I don't think so. I think that might have been an issue. That was it sort of at hand there because he seemed um quite
0: skeptical
1: because he knew me from my past when i was quite a different person
0: um than i am today did you tell him that you were taking cannabis oil
1: yes he actually signed uh the um prescription and that for me very supportive in that area
0: oh you lucked out you got a very good doctor
1: Yeah, he's an interesting guy. Actually, even years ago, he had some patients, uh, an elderly couple, and contacted me and asked me to get him a bag of pot. And that was like, you know, 20 years ago with a doctor phoning me up. So, I mean, like if I've got broken ribs or, you know, if I'm bleeding out from a car accident, I want to go see a doctor, you know, but if I've got cancer, I'm not sure that they're my number one ally because they do have sort of other, I don't know about the GPS as much as the oncologists are and, and and I don't want to speculate on other people's ethics or morals either, but uh, generally speaking it's a there is some corruption that's going on and and uh, we need to sort of wade through that to be able to give ourselves a better chance.
0: I just think it's hilarious that you were cleared of liver cancer in five to six weeks. And then you went out and uh, broke your ribs in a go karting accident. I mean, <laughs> what a way to celebrate! I mean, I thought maybe I thought maybe you'd go have a beer or something.
1: <laughs> well, uh, I've quit drinking now for for um, it's been over a year anyway since the diagnosis. I just I put it away last Halloween, uh, Halloween two thousand fifteen. And my, my father passed away from prostate cancer in September 2015. So been dealing with a few um, issues this, um, not this year, but the last year that sort of contributed to a lot of things.
0: When you went back to Australia, Steve, uh, did you advise the doctors there that uh, you were clear? Did you take your paperwork with you? Um,
1: I've saved all my paperwork,
0: yes. And what did they say?
1: Um, Basically, they um, have done other MRIs, and they're um, still following the protocol that I have uh,
0: liver cancer. They say you still have liver cancer? That's correct. That doesn't make sense, though. When the doctors in Canada say you're clear, there's no evidence of liver cancer, and the doctors in Australia say you do.
1: Well, that's
2: where... Sorry, go ahead, Corey. Steve. What are they basing this
1: on? Um, basically, what happened, um, and and this is um, when I broke the ribs. There was some internal bleeding going on. Mm-hmm. Go in, and they had to do tests, and then they did the um, the tap of the stomach fluid, and they found traces there of cancer cells in the stomach fluid. So they recanted the ultrasound. With the uh, test of the stomach fluid, so they're saying, whoa, we made a mistake. You still got it."
2: Well, it, it sounded to me like if you do, that it's something pretty minor. If it didn't show up on your first test that you had here in Victoria,
1: you see what. I'm, sorry,
2: I was just going to say, what's your sense about it?
1: Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say, my sense about it is this: um, basically, there are um, very similar symptoms. Of the cirrhosis and and the the liver cancer, um, so like you know the everything that I'm experiencing now, I'm directly attributing it to the cirrhosis side of things because I'm sort of putting cancer behind me, saying like that that one we can we've dealt with. Now let's focus on this one. So I'm dealing with um, you know diet and health and looking at the best way to try and give my liver a chance to, to fight back again. It's it's an uncharacteristically small, horribly cirrhosed liver. Um, so that's that's a challenge in itself, and it's creating a lot of issues. So that's kind of my sense.
2: Well, it seems to me like you've kind of called it all along and been pretty intuitive about what's going on within yourself.
1: I'd like to think so. I I, I think... Um, and I don't know if it's really me or more um universalness or I'm not sure of the right word, synchronicities. It's just been an amazing journey where things I mean, just meeting you, for example, where things have just fallen into place. And it's and it's uh, it's beautiful to watch, you know. I've watched my life change. Uh you know, I've I've watched um you know, I have a new understanding, a newfound sense of humility, um just all sorts of things. I've been able to start this um, page in sort of your honor, Corey, here in Australia, and you know, in a month we've grown to three thousand members. So well, that's awesome,
2: Steve. Of- Why don't you um, tell people what they need to type into the Facebook search bar, particularly Aussie people and uh, New Zealand down that way? Um, the name of your
1: page? Um, I have I have a, a page which is through my Facebook. And that's called Hemp Dog Cancer Coaching. And I also have a website. We're just getting up and running to sort of funnel off um, and and keep more organized, so people can go in there and uh, you know we can, I'll have a blog and we'll have a library and files and be much more organized. And that's www.hempdoghealing.com.
0: Don't, don't forget to tell them, Steve, that they can also donate to Cannabis Health Radio. <laughs>
1: Absolutely, A cup of coffee a month.
0: That's right. Absolutely. And I think we're going to have to do that ourselves. (laughs) That's great. Appreciate it. Has this this given you, uh, I mean, this may sound like a dumb question, but I've never been in in the position that you and Corey have been in. Has this given you a new appreciation for life?
1: Absolutely. It's a whole new appreciation for life. You see it on a whole new level. And and with something like um, um, the you know the 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 web page or helping others, you you have this new will to live, and you can focus, and and, and the, all of these things are just sort of. I believe so much. I believe that you need to be humble, and once you admit that you can be wrong, then you can heal, and once you are, you can grow, and then once you can grow, you can heal.
2: Well, it's so, interesting. So, uh, you know, we uh, interviewed uh, uh, a lady that I helped, uh, Paula Doyle, and she was talking about how she really believes the key to healing cancer is to heal within first, to heal that emotional self, and once you heal the emotional self, the physical self will follow.
1: I think that that's absolutely true. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's a process, and 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 it's a beautiful thing to see happen.
0: So, Steve, you are a different person mentally today than you were, say, a year ago, both men- like mentally think. and physically.
1: I'd like to think so. I'm definitely trying. I know at times I'm a grumpy old bear and my wife can't stand mm-hmm. me and, I'm, you know, I, I go through the moods like um, like you do. But um, generally speaking, I have a greater understanding of what life means and, And how, where, where my place in it is. And also how it's just, just the beginning. It's just, just a wonderful part of this whole journey you know i mean even death when it comes is 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 an open door and we move through it
0: steve what are the rules like in australia with respect i've been, i talked we talked a bit about this at the beginning but with respect to uh, cannabis legislation in australia how are things changing there
1: um just this november they've just gone decriminalized so the whole of the continent all of the states are now um, we're the first continent in the world to decriminalize, but like everything, um, the government sort of got his sort of hand in the um, cookie jar and is trying to make sure that uh, they get all the the good bits. So it's um, when it's you say good bit,
0: a, when you say good bits, they're looking at uh, ways to extract revenue from from this
1: exactly yeah they're they're yeah they're looking to um change it to their um their, you know I think one of the things they've done is set up only two growers and their government growers or something, mm. but will get to apply down the road to be a grower or something, but I mean uh, in some ways it's a step in the right direction because um you know they can't come in and legally um arrest you for for using medicinal marijuana here anymore you know and i have a prescription from an australian doctor so legitimately and legalistically i should be um all right mate you know <laughs> <laughs> just, just do, we,
0: the yeah, do you have uh, dispensaries there medical uh, cannabis yeah. dispensaries No, it's
1: not. It's nothing like Canada, where there's a Starbucks on every corner. It's there's nothing here. Nothing at all. Nothing
0: at all. It sounds like uh, a good place to start a business. Wow.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely.
0: I mean, you know what it's like here, and uh, in the West Coast of the United States, there's dispensaries all over. And. uh,
1: Four day record of Canada and the income, you know, they just blew, um, Colorado away and stuff. I mean, it makes sense.
0: Steve, is there anything, uh, you'd like to say in conclusion? There's, there's probably
1: a thousand of things I wished I'd said and probably many more things that I've said that I shouldn't have said. <laughs> I talk a lot. In conclusion, I just want to thank, thank you, Ian, and, and, and you, Corey, um, for giving me this opportunity to, to make my experience public to others. And, and I hope that, um, in sharing it, that it might be of some use to someone. Um, I think that's the focus of where I'm at today is if, if anything can be used to help somebody else or to make their life a little better or to, um, Educate them, then. Uh, then I feel vindicated in 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 what I've
0: done. No, oh, it's very well, very well said, Steve. Because, yeah, uh, thank you. What uh, Corey and I are trying to do is help people uh, understand the benefits of this plant. We're not suggesting it is a panacea for everything, but it is an alternative to some of the pharmaceutical drugs that people are taking today. And I guess probably Corey, maybe you'd agree with me that one of the big or the lack of understanding that people have is that we have uh, an endocannabinoid system within our bodies, and we all produce uh, cannabis, as many doctors have indicated, including Dave Hepburn, who we talked to on this program. And I think that's something that people have to get their heads around yet, and uh, that's what we're trying to do, just to help people uh, have a better understanding of the wonderful... uh, medical benefits of, uh, of marijuana, of yeah. cannabis.
2: Just trying to educate people. You know, I've got uh, my laptop open here, Stephen. I'm looking at a picture of you, and I'm flashing on the first time I met you and the time that I met you when you had got the all clear and the difference even in your physical appearance was just amazing.
1: It, it is funny how psychologically it makes such a big difference. you know, uh, And that's one of the biggest things that cannabis probably did for me is give me that extra push, you know, that, 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 that hope, that faith, that conviction that cannabis kills cancer and I'm going to beat this. And as you said, Ian, just the, the, the knowledge of the wonders of the, uh, of the endocannabis system and the, and the miraculous brain and its abilities.
0: Corey, how different was he? before The first, and after?
2: The first time that I met Steve, um, he was very thin um gaunt looking his um abdomen was really swollen with fluid he had a little bit to eat but he couldn't eat much and um i think we visited for about an hour but by the end of that hour it was really obvious that he was really uncomfortable when i met him after he got the all clear he was able to eat his abdomen was um a whole lot smaller than it was he had more energy um, he totally looked different. You could sense the energy coming off of him. His whole aura and demeanor were different. Does that sound like you, Steve?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd like to think so. I, mean, <laughs> definitely, um, I can definitely relate to when you're saying energy and aura. That was definitely something that, that cannabis gave to me.
0: Steve, wonderful to talk to you. Great of you to do this. I realize uh, it's nighttime here and it's morning in Australia. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. Thank you very much. No worries, and thank you. Thanks, Steve. And there you have it, another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. Wherever you are in the world, thanks very much for listening, and thank you all for your support. You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. Visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Infused, a cannabis talk show, is a -a one-of-a-kind look inside the cannabis industry. Meet the amazing people who make cannabis businesses bloom as they join host Nick with Francesca and Mike for creative cannabis conversations. Get an honest look at the business of cannabis, including trends, Best and worst practices, products, education and advocacy. Whether you're can of curious or running a cannabis, Infused has Canna Conversations that count. Infused is available on YouTube and is now streaming as part of the PodConnect's network.